We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast coming to you for the fifth Bucks season, the fourth Bucks season with the dynamic duo of myself, Ty Windish, one of your hosts, and the true dynamo, Rohan Kadi, my co-host. We are able to say the year stuff because the Bucks just played their first preseason game of the 2022-23 season. Rohan and I watched it. We were too excited to wait until Monday to record, so we're coming at you live Sunday morning. What a Sunday delight. Rohan, how is it going, my friend? And welcome to year four of us doing this thing together. Year four, that's that it's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. Like this is the fourth. It feels like I've been doing this forever, but also for like no time at all. So I guess that averages out to reality. Uh yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. But uh, I feel no, like it's, it's in some it. ways, in some ways, it should be five because during the pandemic we did binge the Bucks. Oh, and went yeah. back through the, the first season that the Eurostep, this podcast, covered, myself and Kane Pittman. So we've really gone through all five of the seasons together, but just not, you know, in the typical chronological order. But that's okay. Let's get into this game. I mean, yes, we're, we're so excited. Basketball. You know, there's a lot going on at GSPN. As we've told you, the Packers look great. The Brewers exist. GSPN.info for Cruising for a Bruising, Talk of the Tundra, all those pods. Check them out. But the Bucks are back. Basketball is back. We got to watch this team for the first time. And I think it's kind of hilarious in a game where we saw Marjan Bochamp's debut. We saw Jordan Wara starting after the drama of the summer. You know, we saw Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez play. All of this stuff happened. Um, Pat, Giannis. Pat comes before Giannis for some reason. Giannis, Pat, Wes uh, all sat out. Obviously, Chris was out as well as Joe Ingles. But... All the stuff happening. We have to start with Grayson Allen because yes, we do. much to your delight, Rohan, Grayson Allen was the best Bucks player in this game. He played 18 minutes, so not a ton more than, than Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez, who both played about 15. But in those 18 minutes, 
I, I was really watching this game. You know, the stats are great, but really watching every as many plays as possible closely. I don't remember a Grayson Allen mistake. If maybe one or two very minor ones, he was on point the whole game. So as as the resident Grayson Allen um, apologist, I'd love to hear you break down this game from Grayson Allen. Well, it was just it was good to see more more refined skills, more refined offensive skills. One of the things I've been clamoring on about about Grayson Allen uh, this offseason, and I guess throughout the entirety of the season, is he needs to get more involved in the offense. We saw that when he was a more featured piece last season, when, like, let's say one of Chris, Drew, or Giannis was out, he was able to step in, do a lot of stuff uh, because he was more able to get like shots off and then when everyone was healthy the problem was he wasn't finding his rhythm finding his shots because he was too like people were guarding him from outside he didn't really know how to exist outside of that space but in this game he starts out with a drive to the rim and i was like ooh, ooh. i mean it got goaltended but I, i'm pretty sure it was going in um yeah it looked good it did look good but that him starting off that way just made me think oh okay this has been a point of emphasis because one thing we've learned about the Bucs in their preseason during Mike Budenholzer's tenure, Mike Budenholzer also out, by the way, is Charles yeah. Lee coaching the game. Yeah, I don't uh, think we have a ton on Charles Lee, but glad that he got to do this. And as Taylor Jenkins said, he'll be a head coach soon. I think that's oh, for pretty sure. – Not that, again, not Probably. that we noticed some crazy takeaway that says that, but this is something where you just read what other people say and everyone is very high on Charles Lee. So shout out to Mr. Charles Lee. For sure, for sure. But uh, one thing we've known from Budenholzer and his coaching staff, as I should say, uh, throughout the years in the preseason is whenever they come out, they try to hit whatever weaknesses they want to address immediately, immediately. And so when you see Grayson Allen making a concerted effort to go and get to the rim, go and be a driver, go and be a creator on his own, it's like, okay, this is something that they want to do. This is something that has been hammered home to Grayson Allen or Grayson Allen has been hammering home itself. I'm not entirely sure which one it is, but it's more like, yeah, Grayson's going to be more involved in the offense this season. That was my big takeaway because he, it's impossible for him not to be. That's his big skill. That's what he brings to the table. If you're not going to do it, you're just wasting him out there. That's why we saw him sort of straddled between a role that it's it's not entirely sure what he's going to be doing. Um, like that's why Wes Matthews took his starting spot by the end of the season, because you're unsure of what Grayson Allen brings to the table, unsure of what his role, his fit is within this offense. If you make him a featured piece of the offense, that's the best utilization of his skill set, and it's going to be best overall for the team. Yeah, so my my takeaway, I mean, obviously look great, but I, I thought what I liked is what you mentioned, the way he was like getting to the rim. There was the goaltend. He made a really nice drive, like kind of scoop around. You kind of forget, you know, he's pretty long, it feels like. He's able to use his long arms and maneuver around a post defender and and lay it in off the glass. He also had a pretty wild layup attempt that was missed at one point. But I don't know how many games last year at all Grayson Allen was driving, and not just like wide open driving, but, you know, losing his defender or beating his defender or using a screen and driving and getting to the rim three times in 18 minutes. I would hazard a guess that is much, much more frequent than a per-minute basis he was getting to the rim last season in any context. So for me, my takeaway was, you know, he's not going to be this involved all the time, right? And Chris and Giannis are playing. There's going to be less Grayson Allen. 
What I really liked was his aggressiveness and decisiveness. Like even the wild layup attempt that I don't know if there's any universe that was going in. I'm thinking he's probably just going for a foul or something. I didn't hate that play at all because that's how Grayson needs to play every time he touches the rock, basically. As you said, that's his skill set, his offense. And actually, we'll get to his defense. He was very, very solid on defense against Memphis as well. Worth noting, Memphis didn't play anybody. Like this was... Santi hey, Aldemar. Kenny, Kenny Lofton Jr. played. Kenny Lofton Jr., who is like a, a, like Kevin McHale 2.0, is the chest on that guy. He's um, a linebacker. He is a linebacker. Kennedy Chandler played, um, but none of the none of the mainstays for Memphis played. So that it is a grain of salt, but I still think, you know, I, I don't think a lot of the things we're going to talk about are just because of the opponent. And also the Bucks were without quite a few key players, too. But anyway. I just loved his aggression, whether it was shooting, you know, going around a screen and shooting. A lot of screens in this game. I'm going to be interested to see, is that just like a preseason training wheels thing? Or are they going to use more screens? As anyone who's listened for most of the four years of us can attest, we'd be totally fine if they were going to incorporate more screens into the offense. It did seem like it freed up some good looks for guys in this game. But I just like the aggressiveness and the decisiveness from Grayson. And I think that's the key to him being a very useful piece for this Bucks team, even when everybody is healthy, which hopefully happens at some point this year, is that even if it's half the touches, I want him to be as aggressive every time he touches it, which it felt like he was just too willing to be passive at points last season or just not finding the ball. And this time it seemed like he was gravitating to the ball more, both starting possessions, going and getting it to handle, and you know, really being dynamic when he got it, which always gets you the ball more. So I thought... These are things that Grayson just needs to take into every game, even if he's not going to shoot 14 times, right? But still, regardless, was just great to see this and great to see this response. Number 12 wearing Grayson is absolute monster out there. Best best number 12 in recent Bucks history? He's pro- I mean, it, it, no, it's going to be hard. That th- was it three, year three of Jabari, I think. He started out, he looked like he was going to be an all-star. Yeah. I need to see more. It was mostly a joke. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, hey, I'd love to seriously consider it down the line if Grayson is like 16 points Grayson Allen going to be an all-star this season? He might be. No. Why not? Why Why can't we start propaganda time? Because I don't want to start more propaganda that leaves Chris and Drew out of the game when they belong there. Drew's not going to make it anyway. He made it last year. Drew oh no, Chris made not. it last year. I, I got, I got it confused. Drew should have made it last year and didn't. Well, Chris probably won't make it. Oh, he might, might not miss that much time. Drew's not going to make it because of the guard talent in these. That's a good point. So might as well start the Grayson Allen propaganda. Let's not do all star stuff now. What, what other thoughts do you have on Grayson Allen? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but just you, you, you said it well. The decisiveness is what really stood out to me. Just the quick decisions, the smart decision making. You have to be able to work very, very quick in these type of situations because if you take your time, the defense has its time to recover because Grayson is an outlet. Like, as much as I want to say he's going to be a feature piece, I meant to say, like, he's more going to be involved in the offense. But, like, defenses are going to load up against Drew, Giannis, Chris. So whenever Grayson has an opportunity, it's because he's an outlet. Uh, so when you're in and out, you have to be quick on your feet. You have to make decisions quickly so you can leverage the defense that's out of position against you. So if Grayson is able to keep up this quick decision-making, this decisiveness, that's going to be really, really important going forward. And I'm just, I'm very, very excited for a redemption season from Grayson Allen. 
Me too. And I think the aggression translated to his defense. He had a steal that led to... Uh, it wasn't Bochamp's dunk, was it? I think it was Wara dunk. Uh, yeah, he I think poked it, was. it loose. The player recovered it. He dove to get it back, kicked it up to Mamu, who scooped past to Jordan Wara for a dunk, which is one of the most preseason plays of all time. But he knocked another ball loose and almost was able to throw it in off of the Grizzlies player later, I think in that same quarter. And just all around. And I think aggressive on, he had five rebounds, aggressive on the boards too. But always controlled. Like it wasn't, you know, early season, grace and aggressive where people wanted him locked up. It was like good, clean, good basketball plays. And, you know, it was just really encouraging to see. After the last time we really saw Grayson was playing some of the worst ball we've seen from him in the Celtics series, this was certainly the right the right foot. And I think there's still going to be some fans who are interested in, you know, trading him or not going to trust him until – the next playoff series when he has a chance to prove himself there. But for now, all he can do is, you know, as the Bucks say, get better every day, build good habits. And there was no bad habits on display from Grayson Allen in this game, which absolutely rules. No, that's why that's why you earned a, an initial double up stock time. Yeah. Yeah. The meaningless stock market for preseason. We're not tracking it. For people asking, we are going to do an IPO, as somebody said in the Discord, cleverly, initial podcast offering. Um, but we are going to – because people were like, you know, why is Giannis starting at one the same as, you know, George Hill? It doesn't really make sense. It's a good point. So people will start with values this season. But we'll get to that later. But, yes, Grayson Allen, the lone double upstock. It was all upstocks. Even though the Bucks lost, they blew a fourth quarter lead. Uh, we'll get into it. But where do you want to go from here? Nobody else had two upstocks. So now we have quite a few players we could bounce around to. Uh, let's just – let's get Drew and Brooke out of the way. Okay. Uh, so those are the only two starters from the end of last season who are actually playing in this game. Uh, I, that surprised me, first and foremost. That, that they, they played? Playing. Yeah. I love it, though, because I think the minutes with some real players are really good for these young guys. Whereas if we went into this game and it was, you know, no offense to any of these guys, but Javon, Grayson, Wara, like Mamu, and somebody, Serge... Uh, then the whole game to me is just kind of slop. Like it's just not going to work right. And the structure that Brooke and Drew, even just for 15 minutes provide, I think is useful for analyzing these guys. So I hope the whole preseason is just like different starters resting, but we do get to see, you know, I'll, I'll, we want to see guys with real players. I think it's more useful. Yeah. I mean, they, they shot a combined four of 10, like who yeah. cares? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not going to learn anything about them. No, I thought they both looked fine, what I expected. Drew made a nice step back three. He had three assists, three rebounds, and a steal in his 15 minutes. So certainly active. And Brooke, five points. He did make a three. That was nice to see. He did. He, uh, did. he and Flash Serge. Flash Mountain back, in that, back at it. All three centers, Brooke, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus Bolden, all made a three in this game. So Marquise the, Bolden. I thought it was Marcus. No. Is that you hearing from that from the broadcast or from outside sources? From the pronunciation guide. Okay. I always thought it was Marcus. I heard Steve Novak say it Marquise. I was like, that confirms it's Marcus to me. But understood that it is Marquise. But yeah, all three of the centers made a three, which is fun. Yeah. Always good to see some spacing from the big guys. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Drew, Drew and Brooke, we're not going to learn a whole lot from them. Bobby is the same way. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good hustle for a preseason game. Uh, the shot was kind of there. He, Biffed a couple of plays, but yeah, it's it's Bobby Portis. That's 
that's the most reassuring thing I think you can really see in preseason from these guys. It's like, yeah, that looked like Drew, Brooke, and Bobby, right? Like there's no weird like injury thing that seems to be happening. They don't seem to have regressed. They're just they're just them. They're not out here trying like spinning step backs or anything. <laughs> Uh, Drew was a little – Drew played – I mean, they all did to an extent, but i say especially Drew, like, he played those 15 minutes. It was fun to watch him play again but on both ends. But Yeah, yeah. I was honestly like, take it easy, bro. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's not that serious. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think no, no new takes on those guys, and I'd be surprised if, you know, guys who have been around the team for that long, if we did have anything that really stood out at this point – aside from just looking healthy. So that's pretty much all I've got as well on the three, you know, locked in. I mean, I guess Grayson is too, but the other three locked in rotation guys. For sure. Yeah, there's there's not a whole else we're going to learn there. Should we go to the last starter then? The surprise starter? Yeah, let's do it. Is it a surprise starter? I think so. Jordan Wara. I mean, yeah, Jordan Wara. He's, he's back. He has a new contract and he's still doing Jordan Wara things. Yes, to some extent. Okay, give, give me give me what what you think. I just I, I thought overall it looked more a little more like a real NBA player and not just it's Jordan Waratah. Like I thought he functioned more within an offense. It was less I thought of just like chucking and more you know there's actions happening with other players and then. Jordan War is getting a shot up. I think my least favorite thing was how many times he would like dribble around a screen and take one step in and then shoot along two. Like, dude, just loop around a little farther and take the three. Like it's so much, so much more advantageous and you can make pull up shots from literally anywhere. But overall, I mean, Wara, of course, can score. He still can score 21 points on 15 shot attempts. He led the Bucks uh, in his 28 minutes of action, seven for 15 from the field, just two of six from deep, five for seven from free throw, eight rebounds, including three offensive. I did think he was pretty aggressive on the glass. Two assists, one steal, four turnovers. The drives as a lead ball handler, not it. That is not what we want to see. But also, I don't think we ever really expected to see that. I think War is a play finisher. And the possessions where he did that, I thought overall were pretty good. I You're not in. <laughs> I'm not in yet. I'm not in yet. It's still like what what you said isn't wrong. Like there is validity to that. I just I I need to see more. I need to see more because like overall it's still it still felt like regular old Jordan War. But I mean to a certain extent, I just don't know how much it's not gonna feel like that in preseason. Shouldn't you shouldn't yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, there's just some inherent there's like Half of this game was just pure slop. Yeah, that's fair. But I see what you're saying. I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's ready to step in and be a every night role player when the Bucks are healthy. I just thought overall it looked like like baby steps toward that. I mean, again, I still think he maybe freelances a little too much. But the, the other part of it is most of the times where I go, oh, I don't know about that shot. He actually hits the shot. Like he has the shot making Except ability. Except at the end of the game. Oh yeah, except at the end of the game, I was kind of yeah, tuned out by the, then. At the at the end of the game, where it's actually a close game, 
yeah. and you're up by two, you take a bad three, yeah, and then don't get back in transition and give up an easy. I game. know we we go ahead bucket. He almost lost the upstock for 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 that from you. You were not happy with that, which I understand. I mean, like, it's come on, series. like this is your opportunity series. to shine. And it's like you have an actual close game situation, and you're doing that. Yeah, and you're doing that time. I mean, how are you supposed to win That's anything fair. over doing that? That's fair. I just thought the first half generally mattered more in this game. Like as the game went on, it felt like it got more sloppy. But yeah, you also don't even in a game a weird game like this. And at halftime, interviewed by Zora Stevenson, Wara did say like preseason game matters as much as regular season games. It all matters, which for him is certainly true. Like it's it does matter as much. For most guys, it may not be true, but for Warrior, it is. But yeah, it's not a good display at the end of the game to basically hand it over to Memphis. Um, yeah, certainly some good and bad with Wara. He can still score, but there's still that built-in, oh, God. And that, I feel like that's always going to be there, which is why I was a little eh on the contract, like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. He feels like literally the opposite player of Marjan Bochamp. Yeah, I think, I think somebody said thing. if if those two could be fusion dance together, the Bucks would just be juggernauts. All of oh, the that good would be the both. greatest player of all time. Yeah, if it was those two combined. Yeah, playmaking and and shot shot decision making and defense and athleticism of Bochamp, plus the just pure scoring ability of War. It's pretty much just the scoring we're taking from War. That player is like ten time All Star. Speaking of. Yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah, I think so. I'll be I'm going to be watching Wara closely from here on out because I just think it, it's just the whole thing with him is interesting. And I don't know if we figured it out still. Everyone just said he's going to be traded. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that's the only reason. But yeah, let's let's talk about Bochamp. Our first real Bochamp action with something resembling the real Bucks. If you just look at the if you just look at the box score, you're gonna be like, oh, what's going on here? One of five from the field, oh of three from three. But it's his first NBA game, and he yep. looked like a rookie. He did look like a rookie. Yeah. What yeah. we're it, to be clear, we're not expecting him to be like a real impact player year one, game one. But like that's unrealistic expectation. What we're looking for here is flashes. What he can become as a player. And what we saw today were some flashes, Ty. We saw some flashes. Uh, there was one play that stood out to me in particular where he he went to the line. He was 2-2 two two from the line in his yeah, one trip. That was cool to see. But he got the ball on the move, going to the rim, and tried to detonate <laughs> on some guy. <laughs> he went up with mean intentions. And the reason they, like he had to be fouled is – the player wasn't even able to get into guarding position because he was there so quick. That's what stood out to me. He was a dart to the rim. Yeah. That quick slash, slashing explosiveness is what I've been wanting on this team forever, Ty. I've been going on about this for years, and it's here. He's here, and he's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say even to the, the transition dunk, which on its face, like, you know, a transition dunk is no what it take is. fouls, no take fouls. But what stood out to me about that, and again, in, in itself, like Wara had a transition dunk, it's fun. It doesn't really, you know, leaking out in transition and dunking is not bad, but it's also not, you know, oh my god, that's that's going to define this player's career. 
But what did stand out to me about Marjan's transition jam, I mean, I, I, it was a sick dunk, but even it was before the actual dunk that I liked the most because how often have we seen Bucks players start out roughly equal to the other team and either they can get in front of them or foul them or make the play more difficult than it has to be, maybe even stop it. And again, it was like Santi Aldama or something. It wasn't like the most athletic player in the world going with him. But Bochamp separated immediately. Like it wasn't one of those where he had already leaked out and there was nobody around. It was, again, he was roughly, I'd say, level to the defensive player. And he was just gone. And that really shows you like that in both athleticism, speed, like acceleration, all of that stuff. And that matters. I mean, that an open dunk is basically two points in every situation. There's going to be guys who biff them but it's pretty rare. You know, any sort of contest, that that shot, expected points goes shout down. Out, shout out Brandon Knight. Yeah, oh God, let's not. I think two in one game. Was I, uh, love you, love no, you Brandon I'm ta- Knight. I'm talking about the, the game-winning layup attempt. In the yeah, I, I think he did that twice in that game, but I'm did not. I, 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 it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, but Bochamp just separated and then detonated, and it was like, whoa. Like, you could really see why the Bucks are excited to add someone, as you say, who just has that quick twitch just burst that, you know, Giannis, yes. I think a lot of the times Giannis kind of has to play with the Rock Lee ankle weights on because he just has to do so much. Whereas we're going to see Bochamp every opportunity with his, how young he is, he's not going to play huge minutes. Well, I think we're going to see that every every possible opportunity. And I'm really excited about it. I thought the defense as well as advertised he, too, was a strong, aggressive rebounder, really going up to get boards, which is just one of those things that – is it hard? No. Are there some players who just never do that? Yes. Like, it's it's not built into everyone. It is built into him. Also had two steals, one assist, one block, four turnovers. He as well, the playmaker. block and steal, one of the steals came in succession, too. Like, he stopped yeah. a fast break on his own with yeah. that block. You Went can, back down the next defensive possession and got a steal. A little bit of that Dante in terms of just like, oh, he can wreck oh, no. a possession. Just well, there's that one skill. You know what I'm talking about. The Bucks don't. Drew, obviously. But, I mean, Brooke can block at the rim. But the way Dante would just blow up a play out of nowhere, there was some of that with Bochamp, I would say, where he's just like, oh, that play just ended. And it looked like it was going to be a decent shot. And now it's over and it's a Bucks fast break. That's going to be really valuable, too. The playmaking, the shooting, works in progress. He is certainly a rookie. He had four turnovers. But, yeah, I'd agree with you. We're looking for flashes, and and they were on display. And one of those turnovers I don't even think was his fault. There was one possession where Drew was at the rim, and he had the like the defensive help came. He had to go kick it out. Yeah. Bochamp recognized that and started darting to the rim. Drew assumed he was going to be in the corner, and then it just went off Bochamp's hands. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a play where I don't think Drew's used to playing like with a guy like that. Well, Drew. Like, so oh. after the we have some quotes after the game, uh, courtesy of Eric Name of the Athletic. They talked about that play, and Bochamp basically said, I, "I should have stayed in the corner." Drew talked to me after and said, basically like, "I'll find you. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I'll get the pass there. We want you in the corner." taking that shot. So, but I agree. That's just, that's a miscommunication. There was plenty of those for both teams throughout the game. But the quote, I, that's not what I, I teased you before the podcast. You did. And said, I've got a quote you're going to like. It's actually probably a couple of quotes on Bochamp. So, Wes Matthews was in his ear every time Bochamp went to the bench. Basically, Eric Name reports this. And two quotes. So, the first one is cool. The second one, I think you'll really like. That's love, man. Bochamp said of Matthews. That's my guy. 
First day I met him, he's been genuine and been there for me and just trying to help me because he's been in the league for 14 years. That's crazy. By the way, 14 years. I mean, you know that, but hearing it, it's crazy. Anyway, back to the quote. Bochamp didn't say all that. Some of that was me. So he knows a lot. And I'm just taking it all in. But nah, he's been hyping me up since I've been here. And here is an earlier quote. Wes didn't talk after the game, but an earlier quote from Wes, which I had not seen before. Uh, anything that he's going through, he's never going to be alone with it. He can always come to anybody, Matthew said. And sometimes we may even see it before he wants to come to somebody about it. It's like a village raising a son. He's got some special to him and we all see it and we're all excited for him to be here and help in any way that we can. That's a that's a solid quote. That's a really good quote. It is a manifestation of what we talked about, though, in terms of the vets on this team, especially at the wing yep. position. It's a perfect environment for Marjan Bochamp. And it's clearly playing out as we'd hoped because those quotes are like exactly what we wanted to hear from the vets about Bochamp and vice versa. I'm sorry. I'm getting too excited, Ty. I'm getting too excited. Um, everyone, everyone listening knows Bochamp's my guy. Uh, it's, Apparently he's the I, whole Milwaukee Bucks rosters guy too. I got I got to calm down. <laughs> As, do we have any more Bochamp thoughts or should we uh, move on for now? No, I mean, obviously you'd like to see some shot making. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his only his only made field goal was that dunk. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was literally like what we said going in like his defense should get him on the court, the offense is a question mark. We're still there basically. He is he is hound he was hounding guys full court. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. He's a long big guy and he's hounding guards full court. Like that's menacing. Imagine like the rotation could well have him, Drew Holiday, Javon Carter, and Wesley Matthews. And then with Giannis and Brooke on the back line. How are you supposed to live as an what offense? What do you do? How do you score? We might have to build out like the Drew Holiday or jump into a pit of snakes thing. Like we might have to multipath it. Like every layer of the defense, you have to make a decision. Like, would you rather try to run through Wes Matthews and his body of pure stone? Or like, I don't know, jump into a pool full of electric eels. Like there needs to take, be multiple. Take a shower with a bear. <laughs> there's there's a context there that a lot of the people would find fun. So let's let's move on from that one. Um we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let, uh, I mentioned Javon Carter. He was the only other one of those defensive players who played. West did not. Was he was he a defensive player, Ty, or was he more of an offensive initiator in this game? And so Javon, we gave Javon an upstock. Surprisingly, nobody pushed back, despite the fact that he was one for five. I also thought his defense was just okay in this game. I think he actually did take it a little bit easy. Uh, ball handlers were getting past him a little easily, but he gets the upstock. Because they let him play point guard. And as as you mentioned there, and I thought this was really striking. And, uh, you know, you could say it's preseason, whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But he was out there with George Hill for a lot of the game. And he was out there. I don't know if he played much with Drew, but he's out there with Grayson a bit. He's out there with Lindell a bit. And Lindell kind of took over late. I think Javon had kind of stopped playing at that point. But I thought... They really put the ball in his hands and let him handle. And this was a take. I got a lot of pushback from my GSPN friends. I have maintained, I think Javon can do a little more handling, a little more play initiating than we think. He did it in this game. He took over. George Hill was more off ball. And overall, I thought the results were really good. He Again, one for five. He didn't shoot well, although I thought he got some good looks. The one shot he made was a really tough shot off the bounce. And he does that like every three games. I'm like, Maybe you should take that shot more, Javon, but missed some good looks. He had four assists to just one turnover, also three rebounds. Also led the Bucks in plus minus, plus 12 in this game. If he can really be the backup point guard, A, it would be huge long-term because he's 26 versus George Hill, who's what, 36, 35. That would be a big help if, if they're able to you know keep bringing him in and get him up to some bird rights here. B, it would help this season because we're kind of trying to figure out the backup backcourt. We keep coming back to, well, is, we can't call Javon a one, so you kind of need George Hill or maybe disgrace and Allen come off the bench and handle the ball. What if we can call him a backup one? And then you just have a bunch of two and three options to fit around him. It's one preseason game. We don't want to take it too far. But I thought this was really exciting to see Javon put in that position to be the backup point guard. I thought he did well with it despite the cold shooting. No, it was it was really good to see. I honestly didn't expect that to happen. Like I was not expecting to see Javon Carter, George Hill lineups where George Hill is taking a back burner. I think this is probably the best case scenario here. We see George Hill. We we hear his quotes. We talked about this on our media day pod, media day reaction pod, where he's talked about the quotes with George Hill. And I I brought up how it's 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 more important to see that he's recognizing what his role should be. And that he should take more of a back burner, let a guy like Javon Carter take the reins a little bit more. And we're actually seeing that in practice. 
and I get like practice the like a game. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, yeah, I, different <laughs> different version of practice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's really it's really good to see that. And plus, if you have George Hill as like your what would he be there? Like their fifth ball handler, like their fifth string point guard. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. If you knock George Hill down a peg, he's massively overqualified for that role. Which looking, is a good thing. Looking at the career, Javon Carter's actually had a couple of very high assist games. Javon Carter almost had a triple double in Phoenix. Ooh. He had, I mean, this must have been a junk game. He played 42 minutes, 19 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists in that game for Javon. He also, I completely do not remember this. He had an eight assist and a seven assist game for the Bucks last season. Clippers and Wolves, two games the Bucks lost by a lot of points. But six games total last year where we had four or more assists. So not a ton. Has not gotten to do it a ton. I thought the results were good. I still think his handle, it's almost a little like younger George Hillish. And it's just like really tight. He moves fast. I'd say it's a little more herky-jerky. And the one turnover was like, I think he moved a little too fast and kind of lost the ball versus a defender. But overall, like I just think... There's not a ton of guys who have as tight of a handle and can move as quick as Javon. And he's not like he's shifty. He's a shifty guy. He is. And plus and strong too. Like there's I think Bulldog. Still, bold, exactly. All the stuff he can do, I know there's obvious limitations, size probably being number one. There's still, I think, a really interesting player in there. And for his age, what is Javon now? Like he's 26 or 27? 27. Something like that. Just turned 27. Uh, last month in, in mid-September. I was going to say this month. I forgot it's October now. Happy October, everybody. But for a, tw- 20 Season. for a 27-year-old player, I still think there's a decent amount of development that could happen just because, you know, this is a guy who post-West Virginia has just been shuttled, shuttled all over, never really had a consistent role for all that long at a time before he'd have to change teams again. I still think there's more there, and I really hope that this game is a sign that in the preseason and regular season, the Bucs are going to try and tap into it more. Because, again, this is bringing in a guy who gets waived in the middle of the season, you know, figuring out the contract, giving him opportunities, seeing him succeed. This is the kind of like – it's almost like a Miami Heat thing, right, of like bringing in someone that really does not have much acclaim and turning them into a real role player. Like that's how you sustain – an expensive luxury tax team when your free agent and draft options are really just very scattershot and limited at best. Yeah. Bucks culture better than heat culture, baby. I, they both lost to PJ Tucker. So they're at least equal, I think is, is fair to say. Uh, but no, no, you're, you're absolutely spot on. Like if you can actually like these, these are more players that are on Giannis's timeline. Like we're gathering more of those players like Javon Carter, like a Bobby Portis, like those type of players. As this group starts to age out a little bit, like George Hill has done great work for this team in the past. This is, I feel like this is a passing of torch season. Yeah, I think so too. Also, well, let's talk about George. I think it makes sense to talk about these guys hand in hand played 13 minutes or so. Look good. Looks yeah, healthy. He's fine. He was fine. Like well. if he's he's moving off ball, he's gonna be a smart defender. He's not gonna do too much. I think that's a perfect role for him. I think they those two played together, I'd say almost all of Hills or most of Hill's minutes. So George was plus ten to Javon's plus twelve. So those minutes together, which again could be a very good sign for the Bucks if those two are like a good backup backcourt combo, especially if there are games where Drew's gonna miss some time or whatever else. 
Uh, he made his only shot, which was a three, which was goes back to our last conversation about George Hill, where you're like, it'd be great if he could be like last the last good Bucks George Hill, but actually shoot. We're not really seeing that part, but he made both of his free throws, three rebounds, two assists, a good on defense, one turnover. Just thought, yeah, it looked really good, but I'm glad they didn't force force him into being the true backup ball handler because I I don't know that might still be too much for this version of Hill, but letting him play with guys like Javon or the other ball handlers might be perfect for him because I do think that is where he's best right now is you know off ball even if it's with the other bench guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that's the the most ideal role for him. Where should we go next? Let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk about Serge. I was uh, thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. He won me over. I was very, as as I texted you, I was very down on Serge at one point in this game. Yeah, he he did he did bring it back at the in the latter half of the game. I don't know what specifically it was, but I could not stop laughing at what Serge was doing he just he looked he looked too old to be out there but it, it's not in a bad way like he didn't look like he was like everyone is stronger more quicker like quicker than him like not an athleticism thing like an ad it just he, he looked like uh Danny Glover saying he's too old for this uh, stuff <laughs> like, like why why is Serge Ibaka out in this game right now that, that's sort of what I was thinking. Um, I did think it was a little funny that he played as much as – he and Bobby both played as much as he did given they do have Marquise Bolden on the training camp roster, figures to be prominent herd player this year. He is like a true center. Like it's not like there's no other center options like we've seen in the past. They still – Bobby plays – Bobby actually played 20 and a half minutes, which is pretty surprising. One other – one last Javon thing. He played just under 19, so significantly less than I think – the group of guys who are like, eh, they'll probably play with injuries, but they're not locked into the rotation. Like, Wara plays 28, Bochamp plays 27, Mamu plays 21 and a half. Like, I thought that was something there. But, yeah, Serge, like, he does some things well. He can shoot. It's one for one from shots. Blocked, blocked a couple shots, two shots. Uh, active on the offensive glass. Uh, Memphis was small, but Serge, you know, he's getting after it. Four offensive rebounds. In 15 minutes for Serge Baca, his hands are it's Don, Don Maker-esque. like pure cinder blocks. I don't know how. He was only charged with one turnover. Like there at one point, the official scorer of this game with a straight face saw a pass bounce off of Sturge's or Serge's, not Sturge, Serge's stone mitts. That's where the T sound came from and charged a turnover to someone else, which is just unfair. At one point, he lost, like, a wide-open pass, but then, like, he recovered it and then shot a terrible hook shot. Like, there's some good – and, I, again, I see the I see the vision of why they wanted him. I think he's a vet who's not going to qualm about his playing time. I think he does the things that they generally want a center to do. I don't, I don't need to see him every night, man. It's tough. It's tough out there. It's just, it reminded me of like Thon Maker hands. Yeah. Yeah. Say. It was, it was just certainly Thon hands for sure. It, it was tough to watch at some points. Like, obviously, he did a lot. Of, he was, he was in good defensive positions. He was good. Yeah. Like, uh, very, very smart in terms of like his offensive and defensive positioning. That's like, that's what sort of won us over at the end, uh, in the second half. But my goodness, like, I know he, he's famous for his skincare routines and, rubbing celery on his face or whatever he's doing 
I think that's something he actually did. I think it is. <laughs> like, more power to you, Serge. Your skin looks incredible. Yeah. But, like, whatever you're doing, like, don't moisturize your hands that much. <laughs> I think, I think you're, you need to wear gloves when you're doing this, bro. Because you, your hands are too smooth at this point. Like, your skincare routine is great, but it's, act, it's being an active detriment to your basketball skills. So you know how we've talked about before that we don't like when Brooke is not involved enough. Like when Brooke just stands at the three-point line, we don't like that. We want him to do a little more. I don't feel the same way about Serge. When Serge is out there, either go get a rebound or space. Space. He provides spacing. That's a real benefit. But like him in traffic trying to handle the ball and either shoot or pass somewhere else – like it just didn't work. Like it's, it's so funny. it's not one or two positions. Like it just did not work ever, really, for the Bucks in this game. You can set screens, maybe roll to the rim, but just don't pass to him. Just let him get the rebound, the Kobe assist. I don't know, man. But it, it, he he's not a he's not a short roll big either. No, absolutely no. not. Like you, he can work. I think I still believe he can work in this team. You just need to very carefully limit what he's asked to do. And again, I think in a game where Brooke plays more than 15 minutes, Giannis plays, there's much less that he's going to be involved in. But in the games where like everybody doesn't play and Serge plays a lot, there's going to be – I'm going to pull some hair out, man. It's going it's gonna to be funny. It's going to be funny to say the least. Like obviously, I think Serge is going to play more than he did last season for this team. Probably a little a bit. Role because they're going to be – more careful with Brook Lopez. Yeah. And I just, I think. Yeah, he's going to have some starts probably. Maybe. Or it'd be like a, the third big if like they do Bobby Giannis again. One of the Well, other. if they, if they, if like, I think Brook is not going to play all 82. Like, no, yeah, sure. I agree. But I think, I, I think they could either start Bobby Giannis like they started Bobby in this game. I don't, I don't think they do. I think they start Surge. I don't know. I, it, it might be a matchup. That's true. But if it's like a, like a, Tuesday against Orlando as our, our usual yeah, comparison yeah. goes. I Poor think magic. I think you start surge. Yeah, you might. I think that's just gonna gonna be what. Can, can you think of another team besides Orlando that we can use quick? Uh, it's gotta be Orlando. Oh, th- this year, oh, Indiana or Utah? Oh, Utah, Indy, Utah, yeah. Utah is gonna be the worst team to watch in the league. Yeah, or San Antonio is going to be more fun than them. Yeah, San Antonio, at least they have Keldon. I mean, Keldon's a little hurt now. I think he's going to play by regular season, but... I think so. Keldon Johnson is at least a noteworthy player. By the I time mean, Utah like, plays games... Sexton. Okay, that's a good point. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I actually did too. Uh, but no, I think it's it's probably Indy. Or it's just it's it's Orlando. Like, yeah, Indy at least. In, Indy has um, Tyrese Halliburton, and we'll see what uh, Mathurin looks like. Mathurin. I mean, I guess Orlando is Paolo. And Orlando James actually Suggs. has a lot of. Young, I think it's Utah. I think, but you're not going to see. It has to be an East team because we're yeah, only going to see Utah twice. Detroit, it's not Detroit. No, like they're going to be too good. It might be Indy. As much as I like yeah. Halliburton, who else is there? Like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner are gonna. Oh, be dude, no, like it's it's Washington. Is it though? Because yeah. like Bradley they're gonna Beals suck. Good. No, they, like, they but they always suck. How good is he? If they suck every year, that's fair. I'm sorry, Brad. Brad's good? gonna tweet about this, but Porzingis is good for forty percent of the games. Kuzma's good, ish. I think he's good. I think if he I started think- out as a Laker, we would talk about him as much as we talk about O'Shea Brissett. 
That's not true. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is actually. I would. I would take Kyle Kuzma on the Bucks right no, now. No, he doesn't. I don't think he'd fit in. No, I think he would. No, off court, off court wise, I don't think he would. What's off court? He's a no. He's been a noted idiot about a couple things. That's. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So I take it back. Yeah. Anyway, back to the game. Back, Serge. He's going to frustrate us, but I, I I see the vision. That's it. He's an he's an imperfect player. But I think the skills that he has do fit he's well. A, he's, he's an imperfect player with perfect skin. That's a that's the Serge Ibaka story. <laughs> uh, I think now we start to get to the deeper bench guys no matter what. Should we go Mamu? I think the last player we haven't covered who got an upstock. Yeah, I think Mamu. The other guys, I just... Eh. We can kind of blaze through the other guys after Mamu. Yeah. Ma- Mamu had some good finishes. He was getting to the rim. Uh, I like that. He had some nice little like in and out finishes. I like that a lot. Yep. Uh, so he's one for five from deep, which is not characteristic for Mamu. I think we both are believers in that jumper at this point. I think, I think he's, he's a better shooter than he demonstrated in this game. Correct. Made both of his free throws. He was five for six from two. Yeah. So really efficient finisher. Uh, what do you have? Four rebounds and three assists in this game. Yeah. Three turnovers. The game got so sloppy. And this is a guy who's played the most basketball of any Milwaukee Buck, like this year. Who played in this game? Yeah, I mean, he's played more than Giannis. That's true. Like, he, he played yeah, yeah. summer league, bro. Oh, I didn't. Even, I didn't factor summer league. I was thinking Giannis went deeper in the tournament, so it'd be him. But yeah, Mamu also played summer league, which yeah, I, think is, su- I think this summer is summer league, the national team, and then battle. I think it's great for him, though. For sure, he. I mean, he. He's a guy who always takes advantage of every opportunity. Like he's a guy who wants to work, wants to put in the work. Great, great human being by all accounts, and it, it's yeah. it's showing. Like he's taking advantage of every opportunity that's presented to him. Let me talk about the idea I pitched you, and I think I also shared on Twitter. Yeah, I, last I'm very night. interested in this. I think you know there's position battles happening around the Bucks, like the Carter Hill thing. I think is still ongoing. Lindell Wigginton. Not too great to put himself in the conversation there for a backup point guard, but we can talk about better than better than AJ Green. We can talk about Wigginton Green. That's not a position battle. That's a two way battle. But although it's mostly firmed, I mean, like the two guard stuff is up in the air. I think Sandro Mamukelo Shvili, Shveli, is it Shvili? I think it's Shvili. Yeah. I'm just so used to Mamu, I forgot again how to how to entirely say it. And Jordan Wara are in a position battle to be like. Basically, the offensive spark plug in the deeper part of the bench, which sounds so like obscure, but I think it's a real thing. And this player could be an everyday rotation player if either of them are good enough. Obviously, Mamu still dealing with the two-way thing, so a little bit farther away from it. But you can figure that out. You know, you can move a fifteenth guy if you have to. Like it's a little messy now that they are full, but it is figure outable. I think, I think Mamu might end up on top of this thing. Is my hot take. Like I think by the time, and maybe that's why War is getting the start and all the opportunities so they can move him. But I think Mamu, like both of them, they don't line up exactly positionally, but kind of three fours, the three more theoretical for Mamu than it is Wara. But if you look at their actual skill sets, offensive first players who can shoot and just score themselves. I think Wara can score with a little less help than Mamu. But I think Mamu might end up being more consistent offensively. And then the defense just has to be figured out. I think War is ahead right now, and we've talked about his progression there. But he's also he's not a defensive stopper by any means. 
So I think this is going to be a really fun one to watch. Two guys who will both play a lot during the preseason. And I, I do think they're kind of competing for the same role, even if like body type wise, they're such different players. For sure. I think I think that's a I think that's pretty spot on. I think they are really competing for the same sort of role. It's it's really funny to think that way because it, it's I feel like it's a perfect encapsulation of what the modern NBA is becoming is when you get a score first guard who's like primarily like handles the ball versus like a a big, like an actual big who's going to be like doing the same sort of thing. And they're competing for the same kind of role, yeah. <laughs> the championship contender. Like that's just, it's so perfect. But I think, I think it's apt. I think it's, I think it's fitting. I would honestly probably prefer Mamu. I I this is why um this was a little bit of it. I hope Mamu gets one of the starts this preseason with some of the core players. I really want to see him play with one to two other bigs and I want like to see it, yeah, I want to see him play as a three. Be, be a wing player. I want it, it doesn't have to be cleanly a three for me, but like guard forwards. Either even if it's big forwards, like you could figure that out if you're the Bucks. You know, you can hide Giannis all over. Like you have a lot of weird flexibility with this team. It's that's that's the what you said is so spot on where the league is going. It's like it's all skill sets and roles now. Like there, Bruce Brown is like a four or five. Jokic is a point guard, basically. Like, you know, I think Michael Porter Jr. is probably does more like two guard stuff, but he's six ten. Like I'm just a lot of nuggets here. But K- they, KD is basically a two. Yeah, yeah, KD is, and but when he was with Golden State, he was kind of a five at times. Like that's where he had the highest block rate. Like the 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 league is just leading into like let's not just say the smallest guy is the one and the biggest guy is the five and yada yada. And that's why it's fun. So yeah, I want to see Mamu play true wing with other position players. And like, does he hold up? Can he guard? Like, let's see who played in this game. I mean, this is kind of a bad example because it's all random. Um, like, could he hang with? John Conchar, who actually has been a pretty good NBA player. Could he oh, hang with John a, he's Conchar? He's a solid shooter. Like, could could Mamu hang with him on the perimeter all game? Like, that's what I'm going to look for with the Mamu possessions. Because I agree with what you said earlier. He's a better shooter than we saw. And if you, t- if you assume he's like, let's say 38% from deep to be not too optimistic, but it's a good shooter. And he clearly can get to the rim and he's really good at finishing and he does a lot of dynamic stuff like with the dribble handoffs. And if the Bucks are going to screen more, he could be really useful in doing that because he's going to have a burst that a guy like Brooke Lopez won't have off of a dribble handoff or a screen. Um, like if he can hang defensively, why couldn't he be in the rotation? Like why not? Like what doesn't he do at that point? Yeah, I think he who would possess more NBA ready skills than Jordan Wara at that point. I I think he's more well rounded and just on a game to game basis. Like I think there's Wara games where he's going to be great, but I think we've seen Mamu flash and like pop off without needing all the touches. I mean, of course, he shot eleven times in this game in twenty one minutes. But I think I think that's 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 pretty good because Mamu is more apt as a finisher yeah. than Jordan Wara, and they like this is a role for a finisher. Yeah. Yeah, I think you need to do both, and that and that's where he has he has the edge. And also, like imagine the rebounding if they can really Oof. roll out lineups that are like Giannis, Mamu, Brook Lopez. <laughs> like I I do think if if they can live defensively, and we already talked about the other thing that yeah, helps put, Mamu put Drew and Javon out there. I was gonna say the, the other thing that helps is you have so many great defenders on this team too. Like that lineup might be. Like stuff like that, like they could really lean into 
all right, you're smaller. You're going to get up shots. We're going to mash you. Like, it's going to hurt to play us, and we're going to get multiple possessions. Even if our half-court offense isn't as good, like, we'll win the attrition battle, which is how they won the championship. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I need to see more. Well, I'm not there yet, but I do think there's a universe where Mamu becomes a pretty important bench player for the Bucks. I, I'm becoming a Mamu believer. I am too. The stuff he did with Georgia, like, I, it changed my calculus on him big time. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm starting to get out on Jordan Wara. I know. You're, you're more out than me. I, I'm going to track this battle all preseason because I do think with Ingles out for so long and TBD what he looks like when he gets back, Chris out for a little while, like there's that wing role. And I think Bochamp, he's going to play. I just think it's a little different. I think these guys, they have a shot to at least early season earn some minutes. Bochamp is like, what What do we What do? We do? Like who's, who's going to be the second star when Chris gets old? sort of thing all right there's some folks who would have mamu in that conversation i don't know about that i don't know about that i don't know about that one i'm saying this i mean i'd love to i'd love to be wrong love to be wrong in that respect uh but i i think now we're at the we're at the end of the bench guys yeah let's let's do uh aj green and lindell together yeah also we should have seen more ta in this game I'm sorry, but he had five personal fouls in 12 and a half minutes. So, and I, I love he it. He made it pretty challenging. He made his only shot, missed both of his free throws, had a turnover, five fouls. It's just a vintage Thanasis performance. He's back. He's he didn't hurt right. anyone. He didn't hurt anyone. That's a positive. Not. not a dirty player, just just naked aggression. Is that what Michael Scott called the foul in, in the pickup game on the office? <laughs> naked aggression. That's Thanasis every game. <laughs> There, we covered the Nasus. That's the whole Thanasis recap. There we go. I love you, TA. But uh, no, AJ Green, who's who's the other Bucks rookie on this team that I keep forgetting exists. Yeah, the I other two-way just pops up and there he is. I just assume Lindell has the two-way. I, I feel like that's it's mean and it's wrong, yeah. but I just assume he does. I think he made some ground toward it today. A little he bit. Did. Not much. I didn't think I didn't think either played well. No. I thought uh, I'll let you go, but just very briefly, I thought AJ Green was pretty good process. Just the results weren't there. Lindell, the 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 tenacity that we like from him was there. The process was just okay. He's three for five from the field, but a lot of kind of tough plays as the ball handler. He has three turnovers in thirteen minutes. The good and the bad was there. I thought it was kind of sloppy and not the kind of refined play I hope to see from him after he really impressed us in summer league. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, you're right. Neither player really played super well. I think it, it showed the dichotomy of those two as a player because A.J. Green is literally out there to be like, Shoot. oh, I have the ball. I'm shooting a three. There, uh, That's it. Our friend Jim Oswarski tweeted a quote from him where basically he said, A.J. Green said, like, I don't remember what player it was, like Giannis, Chris, Drew, somebody. But he's basically like, they, t- they, keep, they keep telling me if I get the ball, I'll shoot. And I think you could tell in this game that he really took that to heart. And he was like, I'm not going to get yelled at for not shooting, guys. I'm going to shoot. The problem is he only made one of five. Yeah. But like you said, it's good process. Like that's what that's what his role should be. Like, hey, you have the ball. You have the ball for a reason. Shoot the damn ball. Yeah, it but feels Lindell, like I feel like Lindell is, is more of like a well-rounded player. Yeah. He's capable of doing more. Like, he could be in the role where he's just a standstill shooter, but he can do more. Yeah, it's just that the pieces didn't all come together cleanly in this game. Like, Lindell is kind of like, 
if if Javon is like a very limited version of Drew Holiday in some ways, right? And again, obviously Drew much better, but you know the the, the rough outline is there, but it's just like not as good at a lot of stuff. I think Lindell is kind of that to Javon Carter in turn of just like another small. I think he's even smaller guard who is a tenacious defender and can handle a bit and shoot a bit, but it just wasn't it wasn't all coming together for me. I thought he played okay, but not great. The AJ Green thing, I still think they're basically trying to like, oh, we don't have to give up the salary and take Duncan Robinson for free. We have Duncan Robinson at home. I think that's what they're trying to do. Not a great first game, but you can't judge a shooter off their first game. I still think he's going to mostly play with the herd, obviously, but the way he releases, I do think is interesting. He has a very high release for how fast it is. I, I see the vision, and if he can get some reps and, and knock down those shots, he'd be a great guy to have either on two-way or end of bench, something like that. Um, I thought he wasn't terrible defensively, but didn't see a ton, didn't play that much, only 12 minutes. I think in the back-to-back, we'll probably see a lot of these guys, and then we can analyze more. I see the vision, but even more than surge, just the results were not there at all yet. Yeah. Just, just, just not there. It's going to be, I, this is a guy who's going to score 35 in a random herd game where he's like 10 for 11 from deep. And it's going to be so much fun. That's the vibe. Oh I yeah. Get. Oh, for sure. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be white hot. Yeah. Uh, emphasis on white. <laughs> Shout out AJ green. Um, Luca Vildoza. He did. He did play in this game. He exists. I'm kind of surprised he's still here. Me too, honestly. Like, is he actually going to play with the herd? I I don't know. I mean, it's lining up for that. Like, there's realistically, unless he's been told or he thinks that he is also in contention for the the two way AJ Green. It's obviously not Mamu's unless they found a way to sign Mamu, which I find unlikely. They can't trade War right now. I, I don't. Like, who would you cut if you had to cut someone? Like, it's really... You can't. No, I mean, strategic-wise, like, actual rotation-wise, probably have to be TA. And I just nah, I don't, don't, I don't think you can do that. You're banned for the pot. I just don't think you can do that. No, no, take, take it back right now, Ty. I'll take, take it, it back. back. I'll take it back. Yeah, there you go. George Hill, it's just, it's not going to happen. I just no. don't think there's a roster spot there right now. Maybe by February there's a, there's a way to do that. But... um Unless he's in line for a two-way spot, there's no way he gets a roster spot with the Bucks. Maybe he just wants to impress and maybe get on another team. There's not many minutes here. Like this is this spot for him, Lindell and Marquise Bolden. Excuse me. It's very much like okay, you get to be on the herd if you're here through this, and you sign there, you get 50k. I think they get up to like three or four affiliate players, so we could see all these guys. But just you know, as we've talked about, especially with Adam before. It's like a proven player overseas, Luca Vildoza. It's kind of or not overseas, just but out of out of country internationally. Would be surprising, I think, if he was a herd guy. But that's what it's kind of shaping up to be. Yeah, I'm just I'm surprised because, like you said, everyone else like uh, Bolden, uh, Lindell, like very AJ, obvious whoever. herd can't. Yeah, herd they're guys. herd guys. Yeah, yeah. But like, what is Luca Vildoza doing? <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be good for the herd and for the other guys' oh, development because sure. the passing is still the Luca Magic. Like in summer league, it wasn't there. In this game, I was like, he's okay. Didn't really stand out. Those games we saw last year, I don't know what it was. That pop has not been there since like his ooped at the Nasus and that really that one game. But hopefully, it comes back. This game, I mean, he played less than five minutes. He made two free throws. 
one rebound, one assist, one steal, I think one turnover. It's just whatever. It's just it was hard to stand out in that role. But I just have not seen the eye popping stuff. I'd like to see it again. It's just so fun. Um, but it, again, would be a super fun herd player if that's what happens. I just truthfully, after he and Ray John got cut and Ray John went to Australia, I just assumed Luca was gonna go somewhere else. So kind of surprised he's still here. Well we'll we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Maybe he's just waiting to hitch a ride overseas and just going to yeah, part uh, yeah. with the Bucks. After the Abu Dhabi trip, he'll just be like, okay, yeah, I just want to be, I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to take the PJ uh, out of country. <laughs> we got over here. We got over closer. And now I'm going to go to Spain or wherever and play somewhere in, in EuroLeague. It could be. Yeah. I mean, guys, again, guys do it for like the exposure, but I feel like that's more of a summer league thing than preseason thing generally. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Uh, you know. we'll, we'll, we'll track Luca Vildoso. Last guy, Marquise Bolden, one for two, made a three, missed a shot, I think closer to the rim, one rebound. He had four fouls. Yeah, Jesus. he really did. Yeah, it, he, he had four fouls in four minutes and 47 seconds. <laughs> Whoa, Thanasis is threatened. No, he. what do you mean threatened? It's worse. It's a way worse. I know. That's. I mean, I'm saying he's coming for TA's spot there. I know. this. He's going to – He's. he's this year's jabbing DeLorea. Like, ha- have fun. Like, I hope you do well in there. The issue with that, I'm still a little upset they gave up on Delorier, given the defensive metrics he had with the Herd. And I wrote about this on the GSPN Substack. Go find it. The Herd defense went from great to terrible when the Javins split over, like, the whole season of minutes. And the Thunder just got him in a G League trade, which, assumably, uh, assumably. <laughs> well, I don't even know what word I was going for, which... Probably um, was to open up minutes seemingly? for seemingly. Seemingly, I, I don't assuredly. <laughs> I think assuredly is more assumably, assumably to open up minutes for Marquise Bolden with the herd. I think now that makes more sense the Delorier trade. Um, but I don't know, man. Delorier, I think was kind of good. Anyway, no, I mean, like I, I, he was good for sure. He was definitely good with the herd. He's terrible with the Bucks. Yeah, I was but, uh, like, his preseason I, I, game. Remember, I was out. I totally one eighty to to become a fan of him. Maybe I know, the, but I, yeah, I'm saying like if that if I'm saying he's this year's Delorier, I think he's going to be great with the herd. That's true. I think the difference is, and it was on display here. Delorier probably a better defender. I mean, certainly the first five minutes, not great for for Bolden. The whistle was kind of weird tonight. I'm not going to read too much into it. But he yeah, made I, his... I got someone someone asked me, like, is it too early to complain about the officiating? And so no. I was like, yes, absolutely. No. No, it's way too early to complain about the officiating. I think we can say in this game the whistle was mid. I'm not saying it was I anti-Bucks. <laughs> I do, because then we can't evaluate Marquis Bolden's defense because he ends up with four fouls. But he made his 1-3. He shot, I think, 39% in the G League last season. So I think basically the Bucks are saying, and I, I kind of think this is all, maybe not. For me, though, all of this is coming together, signing Surge and bringing in Bolden instead of Delorier. They saw Giannis with Papa Giannis. And again, maybe this was in display before, but I think it crystallized and like, Giannis with a non-shooting center is just not it, dude. Like, it just doesn't look good. Like, so, you, you have to have at least mid-range ability. Right. Um, and I think – I'm going to pull up Delorier's stats. I think he shot them, but certainly less comfortably than um, than Bolden did. So I feel like that's the, that's the logic here is like let's – if we're going to try and develop a big guy in the G League, which we've kind of done this with Dragon Bender before. We had to cut him to get Marv. 
you know, whatever else. Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Let's get a guy who really gives us that spacing and we'll work on the defense and hopefully it comes along. But, I mean, yeah. Oh, God. No, Javin did not shoot threes at all uh, during the regular season last year. Uh, 5.3%, it says here. I don't know oh if I Oh, my trust. goodness. I don't know if this, if this stat is actually right or not, but uh, not not great. That is atrocious. Uh, one for 19. One for 19. Oh, my God. Years. That's actually right. Yeah. Um, I know the G League stat site has been weird, but, yeah, I think safe to say – Bolden, a much more reliable. Let me pull up his. I want to know if I want to know if he started one for one, and he was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'm, "I'm ready to, I'm ready to pull now." More. Meanwhile, Bolden last season, seventeen for forty three, so small sample with thirty nine point five percent. Before that, in the prior two seasons, he was two for twelve, so kind of a Brook Lopez added it as he went thing. Uh, still has to prove that he's he's a true shooter, but certainly he was. Firing away for Salt Lake City, he took more than two per game, which is actually pretty much a lot for a seven-footer. I think he's 6'10", a, a big man, a true big man. Yeah. Uh, Javin Deloria, man, he was on a, he was on a Christian Yelich shoot, shooting streak. Oh, let's not. Come on. Let's not do We're having so much fun, Rohan. That's uh, okay. Uh, we can dance on the ashes of the Brewers because the Bucks are starting. That's true. Bolden did play with the Cavs the last two regular seasons. No, he didn't. Two the two years before. Sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up. But he was one for three in seven total games with Cleveland from three as well. So sniper. I don't know why that number doesn't help contextualize anything. But <laughs> but he's a good. He's a better shooter. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's going to be you know we'll we'll watch him defensively again. I think he too. There's going to be a game or two in the preseason where these guys get to play a lot more. That'll be interesting tape for us to look at and see like. You know, can he be a defender? Could this be a, a guy who is a center option going forward? Like, maybe not to start, but how long is Serge going to be the backup? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's everyone who played. I We yeah. might do this for – I don't know if we'll do a pod for every game, but we might break down how everyone plays in preseason because we're so we're excited. excited, man. We're so excited. I, I missed I missed Bucks basketball, man. Yeah. Same. Uh, here we're, we're uh, here's some fun nuggets that I, okay. uh, I picked up. I love on. fun nuggets. Uh, Marjan Bochamp, who's who's he FaceTiming after the game yesterday? Obviously Gronk and Flavor Flav. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's check his Instagram story. <laughs> Gronk and uh, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be a legend. No, Gronk and Flavor Flav were together for some reason, and then Bochamp's FaceTiming him. After I feel the game. like that to me just makes a ton of sense. And then uh, Pat Conson, uh, he's fully embracing transforming into a Wisconsinite because obviously we're recording this on Sunday where the Packers and Patriots are playing. And he he's tweeting about how, hey, he grew up a Patriots fan, but after the last four years, the Packers are feel like his team. So he's just hoping everyone has fun out there. Uh, that's literally what he said. What well, was this on uh, so Twitter? He, yes, on Twitter. Uh, let me find the exact tweet. What did he say here? Tough day for me. Grew up a Patriots fan. Been converted to Packers fan over the last four years. I hope both teams play hard and have fun. Hashtag Pats Nation. Hashtag Go Pack Go. Uh, so he, like, he's converting. He's converted to a Wisconsin. I was going to say, we all knew this. I mean, this is. I know, but he's making it more official. He's changing his football team. That is a big, I mean, from the Pats. I mean, I guess the Pats. Yeah, he probably got, he probably got all you're going to get out of the Pats for 
quite a while yeah. here, but um, good time to switch, I think, for for Pat. But glad to see it. I, I feel you, Pat. Although I think my Saints, maybe my Saints, we'll dive into my football fandom some other time. But I think they're actually kind of manhandling the Vikings over in London, despite being without their starting quarterback, running back, receiver, and uh, an offensive lineman. So Bro, shout the out. Vikings are winning. Oh, they are. Yeah. I, Big Tim is texting me saying they're manhandling the Vikings. It is a close game, though. Saints have the ball down three. So <laughs> I was like, I swear I just got a notification that the Vikings This are- is This is why my dad is not a neutral observer because he knows I at least used to root for the Saints, and he just texts me these things like they're so much better and they're down 10. It's like, okay. Well, they're whatever. they're on the Minnesota 42 with under two minutes left. It's fourth down. I got Okay, let's, oh, no. I'm going to go watch this game. But uh, anything else for Ohan on the Bucks? now that we, uh, no, we're back? I think, I think we're uh, – I think we're all wrapped up here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for staying tuned. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have a big year at the at yeah. GSPN, all over GSPN, but like tied fourth year doing the Eurostep with you. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure, and I hope to continue doing this for a long time going forward because it's, it's a ton of fun. It's been an honor and a privilege. Uh, Rohan, wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. And, of course, our extended GSPN fam as well. And Adam and Jordan are laughing at us saying – fourth season they're going on their eighth or ninth season i think but uh we're, we're we've been happy with our four years and we're continuing to grow so for sure and thank you everyone for listening uh make sure you check out gspn.info for all things Eurostep podcast network leave a five-star rating and review make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching this uh pod random and we will talk to you next time Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.